Where are all my lady listeners at? Because I am talking to you. Is your time of month an easy breezy situation? Or are you like me and for about a week before your period starts, all you want to do is stay in bed and also eat anything and everything. Or maybe you're experiencing the joys of menopause or that sneaky bee perimenopause. Well then ladies, you've got to try Hormone Harmony. Hormone Harmony is made by the Happy Mammoth Company, which I've been a big fan of for a while now. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called aptogens. Now, here's the beauty about aptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it, but it's perfect for those horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold like hot flashes, night sweats, racing thoughts, low moods, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas, no desire to be in bed with someone. You know what I mean? Yes. Hormone harmony can help with all those things. And the biggest benefit is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code CLINK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use code CLINK for 15% off today. CLINK CLINK ladies. Listeners, remember when everyone was doing juice cleanses and was basically hangry all the time? Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to lose weight. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Row's partners handle all the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to their provider on demand for any questions. You can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. This means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to Row. Dot co slash clink. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash clink. Hi, and welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha. Give me Dateline, white wine, and I'll pick up your kids in the carpool line. The next day, right? Yeah, the next day. Okay. And I am Gretchen. I like white wine, true crime, and in bed by nine because I have a lot of stuff to do in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) We are housewives of true crime. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of true crime. Housewives of the true crime. What is is up? Howsy, what's it? Oh, what'sy, how's it? Uh, Well, I, let's see. I do have some information. You all don't know that I went to the Oklahoma. Yeah. How was your first experience in the Sooner State? It was... Great. Passed a lot of casinos on my way, and I really wanted to stop, but I had my children. So let me tell you, I've been in some of those casinos that you walk into. Yes. And they're not big, flashy ones. They've got some different kind of casinos. Oh, I didn't. I, it, Listen, it's a, it's a good time, but unconventional casinos of sorts. Okay. Like in like kind of a mobile kind of like buildings with like five (laughs) machines. Yeah. Those listen, I can have a good time if there's gambling just about anywhere. I put the wrong address in. Um, Okay. First of all, the husband wanted to take the Tesla. Okay. Because he's all about saving money right now. So he's like, you know, it's way better if we take the Tesla. So we jam packed our kids plus one because we brought a friend into the Tesla. And, you know, it has a frunk, which is like the front trunk. 
Yeah. So you, you, it, it's a, it's actually miraculous how much shit you can fit into the Tesla. So anyways, when we get to the place, he plugs it in with like just the regular charger, which takes probably three days to charge your car and you have to charge on the way there, which isn't that big of a deal, but he wasn't including all the excursions we were going to go to. And so we were kind of fucked except for, and there's like nothing. I mean, Oklahoma has fewer chargers than probably most States. Yeah. But our neighbor had a charger in Oklahoma and we were like, Oh, look at that. It's just sitting out in front of like the street kind of thing. Like it was in front of their house where we could see it. I never could get them when they were home. So we kind of just parked our car there and, and used it. Oh my God, you rat bastards. That's mean. I think it costs a no, lot of money. They to had one that you'd pay yourself. Like it had a little like barcode on it. And so we just, we just did the barcode and we, Oh, well maybe that's a nice little hustle. Maybe more Okies ought to do that for when these, these Texans come into town <laughs> in their Teslas. <laughs> they were like, these people are for sure from California. <laughs> but uh, with their with their damn Teslas. Yes, listen, I've heard multiple nightmare stories about the long road trips in the Teslas. Across Oklahoma. From people. Yes. <laughs> Not a good idea. Across places. I just, I don't think it, it doesn't, um, they're not quite there for long road trips in town. Great. Not yet. Not yet. But not yet. No. Um, I have another really funny story. So we have new neighbors mm-hmm. and they have children. So we are like so excited, right? Like our street doesn't have a lot of kids on it and a lot of little kids like my son. So Sean sees this little boy about my son's age walking his dog. And so he just opens the door and he's like, Hey, little boy. Hey, come over here. Come over here. Yeah. That actually is the tone of Tabitha's husband. Oh my God. And he's like, he's like, I was on a call, but I was so excited to see a kid down our street. He's like, yeah. I wanted to introduce Colton to. And the kid just like, like any little kid should was like, what the fuck? And like, just no, starts running home, Yeah. Right. So then Sean's like, oh my God, I am that creepy dude. I'm like, yes, you're the creepy mm-hmm. dude. You do not do that. Yeah, you are. So he yeah. like got Colton really quick and like walked over to the house with him and was like, I'm sorry, I just scared your son. This is my son. We're just really excited to have kids in the neighborhood. But mm-hmm. he always does this shit. I'm like, you can't do that. That is like so creepy. He has like a strangely like he has like an authoritative tone sometimes Sean yes you're like yeah you're like real like I I yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah like, if I was that little kid I probably would have come over I'd have been like oh, he said so I'm like did you offer so. him candy too and say you had a puppy inside yeah, right. <laughs> well let me tell you uh pickleball is taking over my life mm-hmm. like everybody else in America pickle Pickle your tickle your balls. Okay. So anywho, um, we've had like a little bit of drama with the pickleballs and my husband is sadly involved. So the boys all play, the husbands all get together. They have like a group chat. They all talk about all this pickleballing or, you know, whatever. And one of the dads made a list listed the players from first to eighth place. He ranked them of ability. Ranked them. Ooh, Mm -hmm. you know, that is, that's the thing about tennis too. It is, people get real, their feelings get hurt. Listen, it didn't go over well. So who wants to be in eighth place? Well, we'd been hanging out with a couple all day. There was some tequila involved when this little ranking text came through. My husband and this other husband, my husband ranked like number three or something. Don't want to brag. But uh, <laughs> or you do. This, other hus- this other husband, he got rated last. Yeah, that that hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then they decided they needed to get even Steven with this guy. OK, and Steve might be his name. They were going to they decided to toilet paper his house. Oh, my God. That's amazing. 
Listen, I was like, no, because my husband, he is the guy. There is this part of his personality that I have to like pull him back down. Like if you, he's like that Will Ferrell character, like you want to go streaking? I'm I'm in. in. Yeah. You know, like he is like, you can corrupt him real easy when there is a a little tequila and enthusiasm. Anyways, so I was like, no, you are not using all my like bamboo expensive toilet paper to do this shit. Plus, it's supposed to rain tomorrow. Like, I know the wife is not going to appreciate this. It's they are not that the funny. best toilet paper to ba- to do it with because it's biodegradable and just, you know, you don't have to worry about like all those log trucks that I saw coming from Oklahoma. I suppose I just my read on these people was not that this it's is not going to go over, over well. well. Okay. I talked, they I talked to the husband's dad. I mean, do no, they, do it they anyway? didn't end up no. doing it. They didn't do it. I talked him down. Okay. So then I thought, well, we're, we're just going to let this moment go. No one needs to know that my husband is kind of childish and they had this like ploy and they're bitter over being poorly ranked. But then I was at the park. I hear that poorly ranked guy outing himself. He's like, yeah, we were going to toilet paper your house, dude. <laughs> Jeremiah had all the toilet paper out. Oh my God. <laughs> Everything. And Gretchen talked him out of it. So then I'm like, oh shit. Now I have to go explain to the wife that yes, in fact, they were going to toilet You're paper the good your guy. house. And you're welcome. I talked mm-hmm. him out of it. She was so grateful. She was like, thank God. That is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> but then it gets better. So she is like, I can't even, I mean, it really fired her up. She's like, I can't even believe that they were thinking about toilet paper in my house. Like, that is so lame. We had a <laughs> long conversation about it. We hung out. There might have been some wine involved. Apparently, she completely forgot that because she texted me the next day. I just found out why they were going to toilet paper our house. And you know why? I'm like, yeah, we like we talked just, a lot about it. We already talked about it. <laughs> She's she had a tabnesia moment. She's like, because my asshole husband ranked them. You're like, yeah. He's so mean. Like, they should have. <laughs> you're like, yes and yes. And you're welcome again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's all. All right. Well, let's get to crime. But before we get to crime, I am going to apologize for some mispronunciation last week. Mm. Uh, my friend Liz and probably all other people from Illinois could not stand that I said Illinois with the oh, S involved. Didn't catch that. Thanks, Liz. Um, so she said it was like uh, cringy and she could hardly listen, but she is from Chicago. So I can imagine everybody from like up there is like, that's not how you say it. So sorry. Sorry. I just learned a fun fact pronunciation this morning listening to the children's radio. What? How do you say Flintstones? Flintstones? Like, how do you spell it? F L I N. The cartoon. S T O N E, yes? No. No, it's not the Flintstones. It's the Flint Stones. What? Oh, like fire? Flint, like the rock. Yeah. Oh, fire starter. Mind blown right? Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We've been saying it wrong our whole lives. That makes perfect sense, actually. Right. Mm-hmm. Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I heard it on, I heard it on Mornings with kids, Mindy. Kids, mornings with Mindy. I still listen on to that. On Sirius XM. She's yeah. still on. She's been on forever. She, I, I enjoy her. Yeah. You are right. That makes perfect sense. Okay. 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 Well, Tab, today's case is a listener suggestion from Kimberly Renee. Thanks. Thank you so much. Kim. This case is a globetrotting crime situation, but I'm going to start with what went down involving a disco biscuit named Mary in 2008 in Dayton, Ohio. Mary was attending Sinclair Community College. A young man named Nick, who was new to the area, found Mary on the MySpace. Last mm-hmm. from the past. They became friendly, and eventually he asked her if they could go to lunch. 
oh, Mary informed Nick that she had a boyfriend. And so, you know, it's like that. And he said, well, he was just looking for friends. And Mary thought something like, shoots, he sounds nice. I should be nice too and go to lunch with him. Well, and Mary has to be like 18 or 19 years old at this point, right? I think you can like do that if you have a boyfriend at that age. Totally. Totally. So they had lunch together and Nick brought a female friend with him. Mary genuinely enjoyed the conversation they shared. And so when they were done with lunch, Nick asked if he could walk her to class. And of course she said, sure thing. Right? Well, Mary's classroom was down a stairwell, and when they got to it, Nick got handsy with Mary, and that escalated into aggressive and then violent to the point where Mary wondered if she was going to make it out of the stairwell alive as Nick held her down while he got busy with himself. Um, Was this at night or in the middle of day or? Day. Day. Yeah. Fucking creep. Mary says she froze out of panic, which, you know, we talk about is so common and something that is also misunderstood about sexual assaults. Freezing is not consent. It's just a survival Mm -hmm. mechanism that happens while experiencing trauma. And Mary was effing traumatized. She recalls still going to class and getting through her exam and then leaving the class only to be met by Nick who was now apologetic and pleading with her oh. not to report him. Well, she did anyways. Okay, good. She says that initially her report wasn't met with any support in the way of like, okay, let's go get this jerk and press charges. Instead, it was like, hmm, sounds like a misunderstanding. That is until Nick filed a report. He tried to say that Mary violated him, <laughs> which is like crazy. Is that this is obviously not Nick's first go around? No. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. So intuitive. Yes. Yes. I think him filing a report is probably like his delusional way of kind of like a preemptive strike towards whatever action he felt Mary was going to take. It, and then it backfired. Yeah. Right. But I mean, it is like so frustrating that she was brave enough to file a report and they're like, oh, sounds like a misunderstanding. Like, you don't misunderstand that. No, it's not a misunderstanding. (laughs) I didn't mean for him to jerk himself off while he held me down in a stairwell on my way to class. Definitely not a misunderstanding. Yeah. So whatever BS story, you know, Nick gave to the police, they were like not buying that this 95 pound young lady overpowered Nick, who's basically twice her size. So Nick was arrested and charged with sexual indecency. Nick pleaded not guilty and it went to trial and the judge found Nick guilty. By the way, another woman reported being assaulted by Nick just two weeks before Mary, but she didn't pursue charges. So, you know, like you just said, this incident with Mary was not like Nick's first, you know, assault rodeo. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't his second either. I will get into Nick's dark past in a minute, but back to the specific charge involving Mary where Nick was found guilty. He showed up to the sentencing with a cane. Which, you know, is like, who knows, maybe he heard himself playing pickleball, but one could also speculate he was kind of pulling like a Cosby and showed up to the sentencing looking like extra pathetic in attempt to get a lighter sentence. Yes, 100%. That's what he was doing. Oh, my God. Yeah. If if that was, in fact, what he was going for, well, then it worked. Of course. Nick was sentenced to attending a sex offender rehab course, as well as registering as a sex offender for 15 years. No jail time. But, you know, it's something. And so Mary should be able to move on. Not so much. The case was reopened because Nick claimed there was new evidence. He produced a MySpace post that he claimed Mary had posted and deleted in which she admits she actually made the whole thing up about Nick and she was actually in love with him. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
It is disturbing to me that this piece of easily forged evidence was enough for Mary to have to hire a lawyer oh gosh, and endure so seeing ridiculous. and the whole court scene again, you know? So thankfully, the judge saw through Nick's demented plan and closed the case again, but Nick still wanted to see Mary pay. And so he sued her claiming that it was her fault. He had a hard time getting dates or employment now that he was a sex offender. Thankfully, there is some sanity in the world. And that case was dismissed as well. And Nick was ordered to pay all Mary's legal fees. Still not one to let shit go. Nick was stalking Mary online and posting about her on sites that are like support groups for the wrongly accused men of the world, which I believe there are wrongly accused men out there who need support. But I would estimate about at least 50% of the men who jump on those sites are guilty AF like Nick. Right. Right. They use these websites to kind of put their accusers on blast and like spew hate towards them and encourage each other to harass each other's, you know, person accusers yeah. online. Yeah. That doesn't sound like something. It sounds awful. Genuinely innocent, wrongly accused people would be doing, right? No. Yeah. Well, that gets real old if you're the recipient of that. Sure. And by 2012, Mary had been dealing with this hellacious online harassment for about four years. She was now married, and when her husband commented on one of Nick's delusional posts about Mary that he was crazy, like literally that's all he said. It was like, you're crazy. Nick sued him. Again, not everything in the world sucks because that case of Nick's was also thrown out, and Nick was again ordered to pay the legal fees. Okay, so who is this guy, Nick, and why is he so brazen and diabolical? Let me tell you, he has a very interesting past. Nick was born in 1987 in Providence, Rhode Island. His father was violent, which resulted in his mother getting a restraining order against him and going into hiding. His mother remarried a man when Nick was eight, who says life was hell with Nick. He was a very intelligent, manipulative, mentally ill child who had violent tendencies like hurting his mother that left them with no choice but to institutionalize him multiple times. This stepfather also said in an interview with Dateline that he deeply regrets the fact that there was a time when he personally beat Nick so badly Nick was hospitalized. Cool. Obviously, I don't condone any kind of abuse, especially child abuse, but I do think it is brave for this man to admit he lost control and take responsibility for his actions and to do so on national TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no excuse for beating a child. No, no. Just saying like that is, you know, something to that. Okay. So apparently those charges that were filed against him when Nick was hospitalized were not pursued when authorities became aware of Nick's history of violence. Allegedly, he was so violent towards the other patients and staff when he was institutionalized that he was thrown out, which is pretty hard to do from what I understand. He was thrown out of the mental institution. Yeah. Well, in California, everybody was thrown out of the mental institution, but... Yeah, but this is Rhode Island. I mean, I would think <laughs> I would think that you can't do that. Like, where else do you go? Yeah, I don't know. Home. Okay. okay, so the stepfather who admits to beating Nick divorced Nick's mother when Nick was around 12, and afterwards she could no longer care for him, and so Nick went into foster care. While in foster care, allegedly Nick was abusive to other kids. The reason we don't really know why we have to allege all this thing is because he was a minor at the time. And so all those records are kept confidential. But despite an alleged record of violence, Nick was given a unique opportunity when he was just 
14 years old and living in mostly group homes while he was in the system. He was given a prestigious job as a page in the state house in Rhode Island. Nick excelled in this position. I will concede that, I mean, it is sort of remarkable that with his past, he was able to channel his energy into something productive and impress the likes of government representatives. Well, when he aged out of the system, Nick moved on to fraudulation and assaultation. His checkered past is so checkered that I'm just going to give you a rundown of what he managed to damage from the age of 19 until he turned 32 in 2019. And that's when things get real bananas. Nick started out doing some bouncing around between Ohio, where he assaulted Mary, remember, and Utah, where a woman reported him raping her during his time there. Then it was back to Rhode Island, where in 2010, two women filed assault reports against him. One of them states that he forced her to pay him $200 afterwards and say on video she could not pursue legal action and that the money she gave him was for therapy for him due to her violent actions and her sexual addiction. Twisted. Okay. And then he went back to Ohio where he married his first wife in 2010 who filed a restraining order against him. And then his second wife in 2015 who says he would lock her in the bathroom for hours, sometimes days, and assault her. He also depleted her savings. She discovered that at the time he had a nonprofit organization that was supposed to be some kind of like revitalization for the Dayton, Ohio area, whatever. And in reality, the only thing getting revitalized was Nick's bank account. Mm-hmm. Well, she, the second wife, escaped him with only the clothes on her back. And then she learned that the FBI was investigating him for committing $200,000 in credit card fraud against a family that had fostered him in his younger days. She says she met Nick at church. So she trusted him. That's why she married him so quickly after they met. So, I mean, PSA, trust but verify, right? I mean, you know, Dirty yes. John went to church too. Okay. A lot of people go to church. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people that murder and do crazy shit go to church. Word. Okay. I mean, one of my favorite crimes is, you know, when a pastor is is guilty. But listen, I still think you should go to church. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm just saying. Because last trust. week we had, you know, like, yes. <laughs> a lot of people. But verify. A lot of people were like, it's still good to go to Sunday school. And like, there no, are like still youth good. groups yeah, that yeah, are good. Yeah. And I get it. And I, I honestly think the last youth group that I sent my son to, that was just a little too much for him. I would, I told you guys, like, I would freaking loved it. Like, it was totally my jam, you know, but it just wasn't Caden's yeah. jam. Yeah. Yeah. It probably would be Colton's I, jam. I mean. I just think trust no one, <laughs> even if they go to church, you know, don't be fooled. It's That's true. all I'm saying. Okay. Wife number two also says Nick would send out scholarship applications to schools and charge an application fee. And, you know, no surprise, there was no scholarship. No scholarship. Right. Yeah. So he's got this whole like, like a shady... Yeah, monster, you know, assaulter. And he's young. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's doing this from an early age. Yeah, from like 19 to 32, all this takes place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so while he's committing all these demented acts, he managed to sidle his way back into the state house in Rhode Island. He had that, you know, hookup from his youth. Mm -hmm. He posed as a child advocate. He sued the Department of Family Services in Rhode Island, whose care he had been under as a minor. He claimed he was abused by other children in the system. He loved to tell people how he had sued the system and settled out of court and that is technically true, but not completely. So he sued them in federal court 
and the case was dismissed. But the settlement he is referring to was, I don't really understand how this works. They had a lien against him due to some medical expenses. And I don't know how he, you know, like incurred those. Yeah. But they released him of his obligation to pay the medical bills. So that's it. That was his settlement. So uh, what I'm saying is he would like take that and spin it to be, you know, I am up in here advocating against them. They are afraid of me. I took on the Department of Children Services and I made them pay, you know? Yeah. But like, not really. Okay. He would lobby the representatives that he had known from his younger days at the state house, and he used his contacts to be a presence there again, which is so twisted because clearly he did not have genuine intentions Mm -hmm. to advocate for the children. He just really liked the prestige and image associated with that kind of work. Image was a big deal. He took classes at the Harvard Extension until he got the boot from them after assaulting a student. But he would tell people that he was a Harvard graduate. You know, I mean, I think anyone can take classes at the Extension. Pretty sure. I don't know, but I'm sure. I don't know. I mean, I know at the UCLA Extension, anybody can take classes. Oh, really? It's like, it's, yeah, because they're like, um, it's like a get a certificate. Right. You pay and, you know, it's not, they're not, it's, it's a different thing. Okay. So also in regards to Nick's image, he would dress in like three piece suits and bow ties all the time. Mm-hmm. So he wants to look like a guy in a, he does. I feel like a guy in a bow tie is disarming. Like how we talked about how the yogi men in like sarongs, like that's disarming. Yeah, of course. That is 100% why people like trust him, right? Like if you see a guy, yeah. I mean, I might even um, open the door for the bow tie guy. Right? Yeah. But sadly, the truth is it doesn't matter what outfit you have on. They are all capable of being rapey. Okay? Yeah. So remember, I told you Nick from 19 to 32 was the worst, right? I left out some assaults for the sake of time, but I think we can all agree he's like the worst. Yes. Well, Thankfully, it started to really catch up with him in 2019, and Nick knew it. Listeners, today's episode is sponsored by Acorns. Are you busy? Well, of course you are. And if you're like me, that means you put off investing because maybe it just doesn't seem urgent or it's intimidating. Enter Acorns. Acorns makes it easy to start automatically saving and investing for your future. You don't need a lot of money or expertise to invest with Acorns. In fact, you can get started with just spare change. Acorns recommends an expert-built portfolio that fits you and your money goals, then automatically invests your money for you. What I love about Acorns is that it gives you the tool to give your money a chance to grow. You don't have to start with a lot. Just start. Believe me, it feels great. Head to acorns.com slash clink or download the Acorns app to start saving and investing for your future today. Client testimonial may not be representative of all clients. Tier one compensation provided. Compensation provides an incentive to positively promote Acorns. View important disclosures at acorns.com slash clink. Investing involves risk, including the loss of the principal. Please consider your objectives, risk tolerance, and Acorns fees before investing. Acorns Advisors, LLC, Acorns is an SEC registered investment advisor. Brokerage services are provided to clients of Acorns by Acorns Securities, LLC, member FINRA slash SIPC. For more information, visit acorns.com. You have heard me talk about my language learning skills with Rosetta Stone, and I'm telling you, I'm getting really good at it. I learned a little bit of Japanese before we went to Japan last year, and I really love the French language. So I'm learning French at the moment. Bonjour, bonsoir. I'm even getting a little bit of the accent down. Not very good, but I'm I'm getting there. And with Rosetta Stone, it makes it so easy. I download it on my phone. I learn it in the car. It is awesome. You can do it on your desktop, wherever you find it convenient. They are there for you. And 
They have 25 languages, you guys, that you can use. And right now they are giving a lifetime membership for 50% off. So you can learn as many languages as you want for your entire life, which is amazing. And the best part is it starts off, you know, with just words and then phrases and then sentences. And then you should be able to have a conversation with somebody that also knows the language, which is you know, my entire goal. So don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now. Seriously, get started before your summer vacay. The Our listeners get 50% off the lifetime membership. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem it today at rosettastone.com forward slash today. This episode is sponsored by Astapro. Thanks Astapro for providing Tab and I with samples. Shout out to all my allergy suffering friends out there. You know how they say it's that time of year for allergies? Well, for me, it sort of feels like it's always that time of year. I thought I had tried everything until I recently discovered Astapro. Astapro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24 hour over the counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24 hour steroid free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength, indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. It's faster, bro. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Clink, clink. I'm back again talking about Rakuten. Rakuten is where it's at. It is the smartest way to shop. Members earn cash back on everything they buy and can maximize savings by stacking cash on top of other deals like store sales and coupons. Rakuten is a shopping platform that partners with over 3,500 stores like Walmart, Urban Outfitters, Expedia, places you already shop for sure. So why not be saving while doing it? How it works is the stores pay a commission for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the commission with its members. You can paid via check or PayPal quarterly. Rakuten has over 17 million members saving and Rakuten members have earned over 4.6 billion in cash back. Membership is free and it's easy to sign up. Start all your shopping at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app to start saving today. Your cash back really adds up. Clink, clink. Fun fact, listeners. Actually, not so fun fact. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. The products we're using every day are ultimately contaminating our water supply, generating hundreds of microplastics that we end up ingesting. So Blue Land set out to do something about it by eliminating the need for single-use plastics in the products we reach for the most. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful, cohesive design that look great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Refills start at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. It's really a game changer because it's such a space saver in my crazy life. No more bulky bottles of liquid filling up my cabinets and my Costco cart. I love it. And you will love this. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash clink for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash clink to get 15% off. He had learned that the FBI was investigating Mm. him for fraudulation. Also, a prosecutor in Utah made it his mission to test backdated, untested rape kits. Snaps for that guy. Okay. Thank God. They won't even do it. I feel like there are so many rape kits untested. I know. Okay. So Nick popped up because his DNA was in the system because he's a sex offender, Mm -hmm. you know, thanks to Mary, this prosecutor went and spoke to the victim in Utah. And after hearing her detail, the brutal attack, he wanted to lock Nick up. 
Okay. Also, Rhode Island wanted Nick because he wasn't checking in as a sex offender and notifying them of his changes of address like he's supposed to. You know, they they lock you up for that too. So everybody is after Nick. But Nick was nowhere to be found. And then they learned that Nick was dead. He had sent out a press release two months before his passing to tell all the contacts he had in government that Nick Alveridian had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Two months later, his obituary was published in the newspaper and Nick's widow, uh, apparently he got married again, a woman named Louise, was calling around to make arrangements for a memorial service for him. A priest agreed. She said she was in Switzerland, so she sent over his bio and a list of requests, like representatives he wanted to speak at his service. Nick's death was announced at the state house. And they took a moment of silence to acknowledge him and his advocacy work because he was so well known there. Nick's widow also requested a symphony orchestra play. The priest who had agreed to hold the memorial thought Nick must have been like a real swell guy. Yeah, right. Like, like, like all those representatives that are taking a moment of silence, you know. But uh, he didn't end up holding the memorial because he was contacted by authorities who asked him to make up an excuse as to why it couldn't take place. So they asked a priest to lie. <gasps> Just saying. And did he but say no? Course, no, he did it. He did it. He did it. Yeah. Oh, no. He, he, had, to, he had to go to confession yeah, after. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where does the well, priest go to confession? Like, can I he know, just confess just to talks himself? Just to his buddies. Oh, I, his, I his think you should friend. be able to confess to yourself. Yeah. Well, of course, they did ask him to lie because they did not believe Nick was dead at all. So where the F is he? They knew he was in Europe, most likely. It turns out sex offenders can just leave the country. No. which Yes, they can, which I would think they would have to, like, get cleared for that, right? So they didn't, like, take their offending international. Yeah. But I guess guess not. Okay. Mm -mm. Nick used his real passport to bounce. So the FBI wanted his ass back. And so they did the, you know, whole Interpol alert thing. Mm -hmm. And they tried tracking Nick using the IP address he was using to send emails. But it would just send them in circles. Nick had figured out all the little computer tricks that keep your location concealed. He is... Smart at criminal stuff. He sounds smart in general, you know? Yeah. Unfortunately mm-hmm. smart. Unfortunately smart is an excellent term for what he was. Well, after two years, he done busted himself. Guess why? He came the back. The big C. COVID. Finally. Oh. Thank you, COVID. <laughs> it did you something so- good. It did. Yes, it did. COVID, you know, sucks so much in general, but you are why so many people now share the love of baking bread and getting Nick Alvaredian arrested by Scottish authorities. He was in uh, the hospital in Glasgow, Scotland. When the Scots went to the hospital to verify Nick, the internationally wanted criminal, they knew it was him for sure because he had the same tattoos and fingerprints and, you know, face. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they were satisfied. But the man in the hospital claimed to be Arthur Knight. He said, I don't know nothing about Nick. But I am Arthur Knight, and he he had an accent and everything. I watched so, some episode on this. I remember that. you did. Yeah, there was so there was the, like some Netflix or something. Is there a documentary on this? There is a Dateline. I don't know if there is a documentary okay. on this. There Anyways. should be though. Yeah. Okay. 
The Arthur Knight thing was not fooling authorities, but he did persuade some of the general public. Nick, a.k.a. Arthur, Arthur, was bailed out by his wife, this piece of business named Miranda. Okay, so she's still, is this the same wife that thought he died, helped fake the death, or he has a new wife now in Scotland? This is, well, there's two different people we're talking about. Arthur Knight's wife is Miranda. Okay. Nick Alveridian's wife's name is Louise. Okay. Two different people. Two different people. Okay. (laughs) Same people. Yes. Same wife. Okay. Okay. While out on bail, Arthur and Miranda held a press conference with him in a wheelchair and, you know, the oxygen mask Mm -hmm. over his face in an attempt to garner sympathy for his predicament, being a man wrongly arrested. Wrongly accused, Arthur. Yes. Has the same tattoos as Nick. Yes. Looks like him. Right. Even is in a three-piece suit. Right. Okay. So this story gained traction. You know, was it really just a mix-up? You know, this man in the wheelchair was eccentric and bizarre, but also pathetic and not Mm -hmm. giving off, you know, rapey vibes. Plus, he had this like demure, seemingly sweet wife, Miranda by his side vouching for him. I don't know how this guy gets so many wives. I, dude, he is going on my least fuckable list. Totally. totally. I, I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> A Scottish investigative journalist named Jane McSorley was intrigued by the story and requested an interview with Nick, aka Arthur. Mm-hmm. And she was welcomed by him and Miranda to their flat. So, by the way, she ended up making a podcast about her encounters with Nick on Audible called I Am Not Nicholas. I, of course, listened to it and it's good. Part of why it's so good is because Jane's real, honest point of view. So she goes to meet Nick and Miranda and thinks for sure he's a fugitive and this is a hustle. You know, they've Mm -hmm. got going on to avoid extradition. But after spending a fair amount of time with them and asking Nick to roll up his sleeves to show her his arms, she doesn't see any tattoos. What? She thought, shoot, the authorities have made a terrible mistake and got the wrong man. Yeah. So Nick attended multiple extradition hearings, all in the wheelchair with the oxygen and pleaded that he is Arthur Knight. He did a remote interview with Dateline, and it's so bizarre. He is dramatic and angry and awful. My favorite part is when Andrea Canning asked him, so what do you say to people when they say you are full of crocodile tears? And he loses it like a two-year-old who just got her cookie taken away. Like he just turns red and starts huffing and puffing. And he says, please, oh, please, Andrea, that is a right low blow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Right. So at this point, Andrea and everyone wants to know, okay, well, fine, fine. So if you're not Nick, then prove you're Arthur Knight. Mm -hmm. Right. Shouldn't be that hard to do. He said, sure. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I'm an Irish orphan who did not have a birth certificate. And so so, actually, Andrea, that's kind of mean of you to ask, right? You know, basically that's what he said. You know, he can't even answer like, so, okay, let's say you are an Irish orphan. What parts of Ireland did you live in? And he, he can't even answer. He's like north, south, you know, those parts. <laughs> In those parts. I don't know, towns. Come on, right? Okay. I can barely so, breathe here. I can barely right? breathe. <laughs> totally. Expect me to remember where I was orphaned, you asshole. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> totally. So they're like, like, maybe you can name one of the orphanages. And he's like, oh, it's like a long time ago. They're like, well, maybe there was someone you knew, like one person. Nope, 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 doesn't, can't do it. But still, 
not backing down on his story of being. Could have just said Arthur John Knight. Smith. I mean, that's a good Irish name. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> okay. Like he also, he has an explanation for the tattoos and the fingerprints being a match, right? He says he was in a coma when he was in the hospital with the COVID. Mm. And the prosecutor from Utah paid off hospital Uh-oh. staff to get his fingerprints so they could say they were Nick Alveridians. Now, remember, I told you that journalist Jane didn't see any tattoos on his arms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, turns out he only rolled his sleeves up to his elbows. Oh, and they're like above the elbow. He's like full sleeve kind of guys. Yeah. He's still got some on the uh, upper arm. Wait, what do you mean? He Oh, did he get some taken off, though? Yes. Oh, yes, exactly. It turns out his one of his wives says that he had uh, begun the process of tattoo removal. Yeah. You know, it really isn't a very smart thing for criminals to be going around getting tattoos that they can be identified by. But they also make you look cool and tough, right? They do. They do. I see why they're so tempting. He had started the process of the tattoo removal, which, you know, I mean, obviously he went to someone real good Mm -hmm. because there was no evidence of like scarring left on his lower arms. I think they do a really good job now. I mean, you're thinking he's, he must've done this in like a couple of years ago, not even that long ago. So when it first, when they first were doing those lasers, there was scars, but I think that you can get them taken off pretty easy now. Yeah. Well, he think, I mean, he hadn't done his upper arms yet. So he just wanted it's to be able to roll up his sleeves. Pricey. Yeah. Well, I don't think yeah, it's cheap. I'm sure it is pricey. And he had huge tattoos on his upper arms. Yeah. And those tattoos were still there. Right. Right. You know, the upper arm ones. He says that this happened while he was in a coma. Mm-hmm. He says that someone came in and tattooed him. Right. And he says, you know, probably that, you know, Utah prosecutor guy, he's behind that too. You know, I don't even think they allowed you to have guests in the hospital at all. Oh my God. You're so right. Yeah. Right, right, right. I mean, I don't know how they were rolling in Scotland, but yeah, it was, it would have been pretty tricky to have someone come in and tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Or come in at all. Yeah. So he thinks that this, you know, he's saying this Utah prosecutor somehow like sought out some rando in Scotland to make him into some criminal. Mm -hmm. So that's totally logical. Right. Okay. So he really hates this Utah guy. He hired someone who used to work for him in Utah that really hates him too, to represent him. So now Arthur has this lawyer from Utah out in the Scotland bananas. Okay. So he also started a website right before this prosecutor was running for Mm re-election that said him and his wife were human traffickers. What? Crazy. Yeah. You know, yes, yes. And so the prosecutor lost the election, by the way, and he he blames Nick for that. Yeah. The hate between those two is real mutual. While Nick and Miranda or, you know, Arthur and Miranda Mm -hmm. were doing their best to keep up the charade in Scotland and fight extradition. Someone came forward and answered the question, what is it that you and Miranda actually do? Because there wasn't a real straight answer to that piece of the puzzle either, right? Well, her name was Nafsika, and she has a television show called Plant-Based. And also a vegan cheese company called Napsika's Garden. She was in need of help with web design and marketing. And so she went onto the site Upward and hired, you know, Nick Arthur because he seemed like the most legit candidate. Harvard graduate, experience with marketing and PR, and an international lawyer. Oh, you know, that's quite that a resume. A good resume. <laughs> right? So she agreed to pay him $7,000 a month for his services. 
but after four months and $28,000 later with no sign that he had done anything at all, she moved on. Mm -hmm. She locked him out of the website and cut ties, but he didn't take it well. He tried to extort her for $40,000 by threatening to ruin her reputation if she didn't pay him. He said he was going to make the world think her vegan cheese was not vegan. Oh, (sighs) snaps. That's like a, that's probably bad because you know, those vegans, they are like, they're real cereal about their vegan cheese. (laughs) Are real cereal about everything. Yeah. So, you know. I can imagine if they think that she's making her cheese with real milk, that is going to. Scary for Nausicaa, right? Okay. So yeah, that's what he did because she had given him her passport photo at some point. Mm -hmm. He used it to make it look like it was like a mugshot, like she's some criminal. And he launched a website that said she was a fraud. Oh and then God. he he's used. A, he's an evil guy. He really is. In okay? all ways. Not just like one way. He's just all the way evil. Yes. 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 He used fake social media accounts to tweet about her fraudulent cheese. He's, he's a real bitter Betty. Well, she fought back, filed fraud reports in multiple countries and when she learned he was in Scotland pending extradition, she helped authorities with all the information she had. Good. The Scottish court finally ruled his identity was Nick Alveridian on August 2nd, like very recently. Oh, and like real he, recent. Real recent. Yeah. And he can be extradited to the United States. He hasn't been yet. Scotland has a lot of terms that they require to be met before they extradite. Like, I don't know. It's stuff like there has to be so much ventilation and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. But so it looks like Nick will continue to sit in an Edinburgh prison for a minute while they hash that out before he is back in U.S. custody to face charges here. So before I wrap it up, I want to circle back to the journalist that did that podcast about him. So I enjoyed her and it's an interesting listen. But what I thought the highlights were was when she talks about a moment where he drops his oxygen mask and she gets a glimpse of the space in between his teeth. Mm-hmm. which is the same space that Nick Alveridian has in known photos. Oh, like a gap. Yeah. Then like she realized that it was she him. Realized, yes. She's been duped. So remember she, in the beginning, she was, she, she thought it was Arthur. She really did think that he was the, like he was getting fraudulated on himself, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. For a hot minute, she was fooled. Yeah. So obviously he keeps the, you know, he keeps the whole oxygen mask thing going to his face, you know, to like mask his face. Yeah. Right. You know, it's kind of smart. Right. So she also gets into the whole, who is this wife, Miranda? Yeah. I want to know that too. Well, she tracks down her former landlord Mm -hmm. who describes her as this like low key kind of bohemian like woman And that she doesn't present herself anything like the tenant that she rented to just a few years back. So, I mean, that's interesting. Yeah. She also plays a tape of Nick's widow, Louise, asking for memorial services. There's recording of it. And she compares that with Miranda's voice. And it's obviously the same person. Okay, wait. So... So Miranda is actually Louise. So Miranda is in on it. She's in on the whole, she's in on all of it. But is she Louise or was there a Louise too? No, there was no Louise because there was no, Nick was never dead. Oh my God. 
This mm-hmm. is like a banana story. It totally How, is a banana story. This took me a long time to uh, dissect. Yes, because it's like, it's so far-fetched that anybody could be this fucking crazy. And well, how I, does it even work like that? You faked your own death and then you made it to Scotland and then they found you somehow, but they didn't find you. But now you're this person. I don't know. It's it's a lot, man. It is a lot. Okay. So I would like to know personally, like how did Miranda and Nick hook up and how did he convince her to be part of his crazy con? You know? Yeah. Where did they meet? And has her name Louise? Well, they do not. They're not admitting that, you know, it was Nick and Miranda. They're saying he's Arthur. Oh, my God. They're so like, maybe he'll be like when he finally gets extradited and he's over here for like a couple of years and maybe she'll like write a book. Because basically something. you're saying like she's not at fault for any like she's not guilty of anything. I'm not saying she's not guilty I mean, of anything. She's, she's, she's of in like, on the whole thing, but she has not been charged with anything. Okay. So she probably needs to talk to some lawyers before she writes that book. But <laughs> I'm assuming she's probably talking to lawyers as we speak. Yeah. Um, well, I would this... love to know who she is. Like, really? Like, who yeah. is this lady? Yeah. This podcast, the I Am Not Nick podcast, dives more into Nick's childish or childhood. Mm-hmm. And the journalist, you know, she kind of feels sorry for him in the end. Well, listen, what, I, I think that he probably did not. It sounds like his upbringing was pretty bad. There, it was. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. There are ways to get help for that that do not involve, you know, sexually assaulting women and being a total dirtbag. And I just can't give excuses to that. So I don't I don't listen. I feel bad for any child that has abuse. I I like that is the uh, the reason we don't do any kind of children, child abuse, because it's in our souls. We can't even handle thinking about it. But once you grow up, you have to get help. If you can't, like okay, you have yes. to personally get help. Yes. Yes. But it sounds like he also was an asshole as a child. It does sound like he was an asshole as a child. I know you're not supposed to say that about children, but I mean, it's complicated. He clearly was dealt like a really shitty hand, but he clearly was mentally ill from a very young age, you know, too. He obviously he also he didn't get the help that he needed. And I think that is a travesty. But well, I think that is an explanation as to why he became who he became. I don't think it's an excuse. No, I don't. I don't. I don't give him a pass. I think he's a manipulative monster that is a danger to women. And I hope he's spending his life locked up because I don't believe he can be rehabilitated. I don't think so either. You know? No, at this point, there is not, there is not a way. So, but yikes, holy cow. Okay. So what about Mary? Let me tell you, she's, she's angry. She, she, sure. watched, the, yeah, she watched the Dateline episode that featured her and did not like the way she was portrayed. Listen, that happens all the time, you guys. I'm telling you, these I, as much as we love Dateline and all these 48 hours and, and shows like this, they take the pieces that they want to take. They portray it however they want to take it and portray it. And they'll tell you to your face that they're going to do it the way that you want them to. Well, I don't want to do, since I'm telling Mary's story and I, I know how she... Um, feels about people telling her story because she made some YouTube about her thoughts. I am going to play you some of her own words. Okay. That's good. I like that. Okay. Something about Mary. Um, I'm still just, I'm really upset because my, like the way Dateline did me, I really thought that they were going to make the story. Um, I guess I, I thought that they were going to portray me more as a hero and not just another victim because None of this would have happened if it wasn't for my me pursuing um, some kind of resolution to this. Because if if he was not on the sex offender registry and I didn't keep pursuing legal charges against him, amidst him fighting and playing dirty, none of this would have happened. And I really th- I'm really upset that Dayline really just oh she was another victim and it, no it was like all of it was um, you know. 
a series of events that I caused because I chose to prosecute him and that I, because I chose to go after him. There would be no extradition without me. I, I was the hero in this case and Dateline made me sound like a total schmuck and I am still not happy about it. And I, you know, my email is full of reporters that I, like, I just, I don't, I don't want it to happen again. And I know that they're going to get it fucking wrong. And, you know, there's some reporters that I like talking to, but I just, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. Okay. So we just heard that. Mm -hmm. So I didn't think that Mary was done dirty by Dateline, personally. I totally thought she was the hero when I watched, but I can see her point and also want to acknowledge that what I learned from watching her other videos that she has and will continue to battle this experience, not just because of what happened to her that day in the stairwell, but because of the harassment she endured for years, for years yeah. after from him. And that has resulted in her lack of trusting people and always feeling misunderstood and looking over her shoulder for the last 15 years. And because so, it happened to her when she was at that a pivotal like, really age. Giant, yeah, it's the yeah. age. Like if she was 40, she'd be like, fuck you all. I don't care. Yeah. But I know that feeling. Like I've been in a place where I was berated at a young age and it is, it. you'll never, you never get over it. Yeah. So Mary, if you ever hear this, and part of me hopes you don't, because my wish for you is that now that he's behind bars, you can move on and heal. But if you do, you you are a hero. Women yeah. everywhere owe you for being safer than they were before your actions. And standing up. To Nick being locked up. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know you, but I feel like you need to hear this. Mary, you are enough. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody would be more like Mary, actually. Yeah. Put these creeps out. Um, Lock them up. That is a crazy ass story. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. And thank you all for listening to us. If you want more of us, we do do a Thursday bonus episode. You can find us on Spotify at Housewives of True Crime Bonus. If you are on Apple, it's just a subscribe button right there. It's called Clink Clink Club. You can just look at your phone probably right now or on our main page and you'll see it. And if you don't listen on either of those, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash Housewives of True Crime. It is a way to support us and we really, really, really appreciate it. If you want another way to support us, please give us a rating on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen and they take ratings. So I think that's all until Thursday and hopefully you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Clink, clink. Clink, clink.